Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The Volume. Hoops Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The football season is coming, and there's no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. I just love using this app. It's super user-friendly and safe. They have such a deep repertoire of odds and markets for every sport, and they have same-game parlays. You guys remember the same-game parlays that Liv Moods and I were throwing out during the NBA playoffs for the volume. Those were a ton of fun. All around, it's by far the best sports gambling experience I've come into contact with. If you are new... Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Jason T so they know I sent you. Again, promo code Jason T so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, Dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. Real basketball is right around the corner, guys. 
Tomorrow is September 1st. And September 30th, the Golden State Warriors play the Washington Wizards in a preseason game in Japan. That is how close we are to real basketball. So with that in mind, I'm ready to stop looking backwards. I'm ready to stop reminiscing. And I'm ready to start looking forward. So we're going to be doing our season previews. We're going to do them power ranking style, covering the top 15 teams in the league, starting with number 15 today. I spent a lot of time on this series. I had a lot of fun doing it. I really think you guys are going to enjoy it. Before we get going, fall is right around the corner. And I know you want your small business humming on all cylinders. There's no way for you to do that unless you have the right people on your team. LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you do that fast and for free. My wife runs a small business here in town and I hear about it every day when she gets home from work and it's amazing how having the right person in a role can go so far towards making your day-to-day operations so much easier. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash timpf. That's linkedin.com slash timpf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And on that note, we can talk some basketball. So I wanted to give you guys a couple of uh, just precursors to kind of let you know the format of this, uh, this series so that you're in the loop the whole way through. So I split the teams into tiers. Um, And I considered 17 teams, but I had to pick only 15 for the sake of the series. So the two teams that got squeezed here are the Toronto Raptors and the Atlanta Hawks. So Raptors fans and Hawks fans, I apologize in advance. We won't be doing deep dives for them before the season, but I do promise that we will get into those teams plenty and into great detail during the season. Also, don't pay too too much attention to the rankings. This far down, it's all splitting hairs, and I view them in a tier of what I would call non-contenders. So I split them into four tiers, and the non-contenders are the teams that I don't think have any chance to win the title regardless of what happens during the season. Obviously, I consider the Hawks and the Raptors in that group, as well as three other teams, including who we're talking about today. After that, the next tier up I have is Puncher's Chance Contenders. These are teams that I don't think have enough talent necessarily to hang with the top teams in the league, but they've got a crazy talented superstar that could get hot and carry them through a series, or maybe two superstars, or there's something with the team where if they get hot, they could potentially knock someone out if some things break right. Above that, I have the if things go right contenders. These are teams that have tons of talent. When you look at the roster on paper, you're like, man, they're just as good as the top teams in the league, but there's tons of question marks to go with that, whether that's health question marks, whether that's personality question marks, whether it's you don't like, or I'm not a huge fan of the coach or the system or what their basketball identity is. Those are teams that talent's not the issue. They just need things to break right for them 
within the locker room and on the court for them to win the title. And then obviously my top tier is going to be top tier contenders. These are bona fide contenders. If anything goes their way during the season, they will absolutely be in play, probably playing in the conference finals. And these are the teams that I view most likely to win the title. So we'll all kind of, as we're working our way through the videos, I'll kind of inform you which tier the teams land in. Today we're starting uh, with number 15, the Chicago Bulls. Again, a non-contender in the non-contender tier, but we are going to dive deep into them on both ends of the floor. To give you an idea of how these videos are going to be structured, we'll briefly touch on last season and what they accomplished, how things finished. We will uh, go through their key off-season changes, so who they let go, who they signed, who they traded for, who they drafted, so on and so forth, changes to the roster. Um, then we're going to go into what they do as in terms of their basketball team's identity on both ends of the floor. So what they like to do on offense, what they like to do on defense. After that, we will go into what I believe is the best case scenario for this team during that season. And then after that, we'll go into the worst case scenario for the season. And then at the end, we'll go through what I believe is the biggest X factor for each team. So as I said, we're going to be going through all of those sections for each team, starting with the Chicago Bulls today. So the Chicago Bulls were 13th in offense last year, offensive rating, again, per 100 possessions, 23rd in defense. The ugliest stat for Bulls fans is they were 2-21 in 23 games versus the top four seeds in both conferences. So when they played the best teams, they got handled pretty consistently. They did have a lot of health issues during the season, though, involving their backcourt with Alex Crusoe and Lonzo Ball. That is important context there. They were gentlemen swept by Milwaukee, went exactly as I expected. This is a Chicago Bulls team that does not like to operate from the perimeter. They like to operate close to the basket. And the Bucks. their defensive structure is built around taking away the paint and giving up perimeter shots. This was the team that attempted the least threes versus the team that allows the most threes. So the Chicago Bulls were a really bad matchup for this specific Milwaukee Bucks team, and they just got killed. And then on the other end of the floor, they just got destroyed by Milwaukee's size. This is a small Chicago Bulls team that they attempted to address this offseason. Milwaukee, it was just, again, a really bad matchup. Aside from a hot shooting uh, DeMar DeRozan game in Milwaukee in Game 2, they didn't really have a chance to compete in any of the games. So it was a rough matchup, but at the same time, 2-21 and 21 versus the top seeds, 13th in offense, 23rd in defense. They just weren't good enough to really do any damage in that postseason. Key offseason changes, they signed Andre Drummond to the mini-mid-level exception. This was a predictable response to them getting destroyed on the interior by Milwaukee. They drafted Dalen Terry, a guy I really like. Uh, again, you guys know I'm born and raised in Tucson, still live in Tucson to this day, although I've lived in other places. Um, Dale and Terry came through the University of Arizona, so obviously watched him a lot while he was here. Lanky wing, really good physical tools, especially on the defensive end. He's six foot seven with a seven foot one wingspan. He actually made the all defense team this past year for the Pac 12. Uh, he's also really, really good at making reads with the basketball in his hands. He was one of the best assisted turnover guys in college this year. That kind of means he will project to a good role player wing in the NBA. A guy who can defend multiple positions and can attack closeouts well. Obviously, he's going to have to put on some muscle and become a better shooter. He's got a little bit of a hitch in his jump shot at this point. But I do think he'll be a really interesting player in the future on the wing in the NBA. And then they uh, um, lost Tristan Thompson and Troy Brown Jr. Those were the two primary rotation guys from their playoff uh, run that, that aren't around anymore. If you look at the depth chart, and I'll put it up on the screen here for you guys, 
these are just guys that I predict will be in the rotation. Obviously, their roster is deeper than this. But Lonzo Ball as a guard, Alex Caruso as a guard, Kobe White as a guard, and Aya Desunmu, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, as a guard. On the wing, they have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Pat Williams, Dalen Terry, and Derek Jones Jr. And then the bigs, Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond in the place of Tristan Thompson. So if you look at what they do on the offensive end of the floor, this is a team that wants Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan attacking with an advantage. This is an important detail of offensive structure in the NBA, really on all levels, that the best teams always do really, really well. And uh, Billy Donovan has done a good job of building an offense that is designed to get their best players with an advantage. One of the biggest complaints I had with the Lakers last year, when because again, for those of you guys who don't know, I covered the Lakers for two seasons before I started working for the volume. Obviously, now we cover the entire league. But when I was covering the Lakers, they were a bad team in this regard. It was not Frank Vogel's strength. They did not put... Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, whoever it was during those uh, during that era, they did not put them in positions where they had an advantage. They were too frequently stagnant in attacking a set defense. Again, guys, if if I'm guarding you and I'm up on you and I'm in your handle pocket and I'm disrupting you and you try to attack me, it's going to be a lot harder for you to score on me than if I'm closing out at you. Or if I'm chasing you over the top of a screen so that when you first get the basketball, I'm out of position and you have an advantage. And basically the Bulls weaponize Vucevic through ball screens, dribble handoffs, and off-ball screens to get DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine coming off of curls primarily so that they can work into the lane and get to the shots that they like off the dribble, but with an advantage against their defender. Nick, uh, Nick Vucevic, in particular, his skill set makes that work because he's a, he's perceived as a shooter. Perception is everything in the NBA. He actually wasn't a great perimeter shooter last year. He only shot 31% from three, just under 32% on catch-and-shoot threes. So in the results, it wasn't showing up, but he was attempting almost five threes per game, so he's a high-volume guy in the league perceived him and guarded him like he was a shooter. Again, I've talked to you about this on the show, but that matters way more than actual shot result. For years there, Rajon Rondo was hitting close to 40% from his three from the three-point line, but nobody was guarding him out there. So all it was really manifesting as is 40% on these wide open threes that would disrupt the flow of an offense. Kyle Kuzma on the other end always shot in the low 30s until his uh, last year with the Lakers. But he was aggressive, he looked confident, his perception around the league was that of a shooter. And so teams would guard him as though he was a shooter. Nikola Vucevic is guarded as a shooter, and that makes it really difficult to guard those screening actions. So let's just look at off-ball screens, for instance, because we've we've spent a ton of time talking about on-ball actions on this show. But let's say that I've got Zach Levine in the left corner. And Vucevic is going to go down and set a screen for him. Alex Caruso's got the top of the, a ball at the top of the key, and he's going to hit Zach Levine coming off of that screen. So, typically, what a screen defender will do is they will either hedge, so they will come out from the screen to force Zach Levine to come further out rather than curling around, or they'll drop to stop the curl so that when Zach Levine curls around, he's curling right into a defender. That's what you want to do in that situation. But Nikola Vucevic will frequently slip those screening actions to the three-point line 
and the Bulls will hit him in those spots because he's a high-volume three-point shooter. As a result, it makes it harder for that screen defender to hedge or to drop as the guy's curling around because he's leaving Nick Vucevic wide open for a jump shot. So as a result, Levine and DeRozan are frequently coming off of these pin downs and dribble handoffs and things like that with a lot of space to operate. That If you watch a, the Bulls on offense, that's their primary attack. Whether it's Lonzo when he's healthy or Alex Caruso ran point for most of the end of the season, he'd bring the ball up the floor and basically hit DeRozan or Levine coming off of a screening action. That would be how things would start. And then as the defense would collapse and get into rotation, they would attack closeouts around that to get what they want. A strength of this roster, this roster has, well, I'll go after we rip through these, I'll kind of briefly um, summarize what their strengths and weaknesses are. But one of the strengths of this roster is with Lonzo Ball, with Alex Caruso, with Kobe White, with Pat Williams, with DeMar DeRozan, with Zach Levine, they have a lot of guys who are really skilled from the perimeter. You know, Alex Crusoe is a fantastic cutter, and he's a very good passer for the position at this point, and he's got good size. Lonzo Ball is an excellent passer in open space situations. Kobe White's skilled. Pat, Pat Williams is, is, is showing a lot of polish. I've been really interested watching him this summer. That puts them in a position where they have a lot of players who can extend the advantage. So you can imagine Zach Levine comes, comes off of that curl. The big doesn't help because he's staying home with Vucevic. Levine gets into the lane. The team helps. Levine will kick to the corner. Now, all of a sudden, you've got three, four, five guys on the floor that are great at extending the advantage, attacking that closeout, further compromising the defense to get an extremely high-quality shot. You know, uh, Alonzo, uh, one of the reasons why I think it's so important for him to get back is when you look at this team, they should be a better fast break team. They should be a team that plays with more pace. They were 14th in pace this year and 13th in fast break points scored per 100 possessions. When you look at their roster construction, they're not a big team, right? Like Vucevic last year was their only competent big. They played Tristan Thompson, but he wasn't great. Drummond changes that a little bit, but what they are is a fast and athletic team. You know, Lonzo's a good athlete. Alex Caruso's a great athlete for the position. Zach Levine's one of the best athletes we have in the league. DeMar DeRozan, excellent athlete. This is a team that should get out and transition more. Lonzo Ball coming back will help that a lot because he's not a traditional point guard in the sense that he's not the kind of guy that's going to break you down against a set defense to get to the looks that you want, but he's great in space. So he's one of the best guards in the league at pushing the break. He doesn't... Uh, uh, every time that he sees an outlet pass up the floor, a wing running on the left side or on the right side, or a big running the floor, he lets it fly, knowing that he can get it back to run offense if the defense does get back and shut down the break. But getting him back in there to help them push the break more will help them actually take advantage of the strengths of their roster in terms of uh, speed and athleticism. Alex Crusoe, excellent cutting without the basketball. Um, that was another really interesting thing that showed up to me on film, and I remember that a lot with the Lakers. He had amazing chemistry with LeBron James as a cutter. Again, when it comes to spacing, spacing isn't just about shooting. Spacing isn't just about being a threat from the perimeter. Spacing is about being a threat so that your defender has to stay attentive to you. Obviously, even if you are a great shooter, a good defender that has a good amount of athleticism to close out can position himself far enough off of you that he feels comfortable recovering in case of a pass. But if you stay in motion, 
moving without the basketball, whether that's relocating as a shooter or in the case of Alex Caruso, cutting to the basket, it forces the defender to be more attentive to you and makes it harder for him to be available as a help defender. The uh, the biggest weakness of this particular team on the offensive end of the floor is they were the only team in the league last year that attempted fewer than 33s per game. That um, specifically was the weakness that cost them against Milwaukee, but really it's just a it's a it's an inefficiency in the analytics of basketball. You, you guys know how I, I feel about analytics. I don't like catch-all metrics. I don't like trying to simplify multiple, uh, multiple complicated basketball concepts into one number. Not only do I think that's blasphemous, I think it's impossible, right? But I do believe in analytics in isolated situations. So, for instance, if I can tell a player, like, hey, when you post up on the left block, you typically get this amount of points per possession versus when you post up on the right block. That's helpful analytics, Shot value is helpful analytics. It's a simple matter of math. A three-point shot is worth one and a half times as many points as a two-point shot. They should naturally, as a result of that, be a consistent part of your diet offensively. For them to be last in the NBA in three-point attempt uh, in um, uh, in three-point attempts, that shows that they they're they're not taking advantage of the math advantage that they should be able to have, and they've got a they've got. Enough guys on the team that can shoot that they should be taking more than they take. What do they take instead? A ton of mid-range pull-up jump shots. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole-body health. 
Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. And free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Hoops. That's H O O P S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N U T R A F O L.com, promo code Hoops, H O O P S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Hoops. They attempted 22.6 mid range shots per game, which led the NBA last year. So they attempted more even than the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, without being nearly as good at the, as those two players at that particular type of shot. DeRozan takes 10 mid-range shots per game. Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic uh, combined to take an additional seven per game. So just between their stars, they're taking 17 mid-range jump shots per game. So they take almost as many mid-range jump shots as they do threes per game. That's not that, that, that's just not good offensive pro, uh, process. With that particular type of shot profile, it's going to be diffi- difficult to succeed unless you're Kevin freaking Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the best offensive players that have ever played in the NBA. So that's just kind of a brief look at what they do on the offensive end of the floor. They're not good enough defensively to cover for those types of offensive limitations. They need to push the ball in transition more. They need to hunt more three-point shots. On the defensive end of the floor, they are a hard help and recover team. They do this because they have physical mismatches at almost every position. Their wings that they like to play, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, are either thin or small. Uh, Patrick Williams is an interesting player. We'll get into him a little bit more later. But Nikola Vucevic is completely overmatched on the interior. The only place where they match up well with teams defensively is on the perimeter with Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. So as a result, they have to offer a ton of help which is fine. They do a good job in rotation because they've got good athletes. They rotate well. The problem is, is when you live in rotation, when you're constantly in rotation, the defense will eventually break you down, and they do. That's why they were 23rd in defense this year. They double-team the opponent, the opposing star almost every single time. They defend the pick-and-roll with three players. What that, what that means is the vast majority of pick-and-roll coverages are designed to try to defend two-on-two so that you don't have to offer help. The problem is, is Nick Vucevic is not a great pick-and-roll defender, so as a result, he's just not capable of covering enough ground on the interior to cover a roll man and a guard coming over the top of a screen, so they almost always have to bring that third defender out of the weak side corner to help to tag on the roller so that Vucevic can be up against uh, the ball handler coming over the top of the screen. That just puts them in rotation even more frequently. That's... Uh, that... that it just is a lack of strong front court defensive personnel. If they had better front court defenders, they wouldn't have to do that as often. Milwaukee, in particular, used this to frequently generate size mismatches. That was why they were punishing them so much on the interior. On defense, the one thing that I really appreciate about uh, Billy Donovan's scheme is he knows that they don't have a strong interior defense. So, what analytically, the two most valuable shots in basketball are layups in threes. So if you're not going to succeed guarding the the basket, where would be the next best place for you to devote your energy and attention? 
the three-point line. The Chicago Bulls only allowed 32.3 three-point attempts per 100 possessions, which was best in the league last year. So that's where they make up for their weak interior defense. They allowed 50.3 points in the paint per 100 possessions, which was 24th in the league this year. So they do defend the three-point line well at least, which is something that's a good foundational piece. They'll need to learn to defend the interior better if they're ever going to be a team that can contend, but at least that's a decent foundation. The interesting part about this uh, Chicago Bulls defense is it's not really fair necessarily to evaluate them based on last year's results without Lonzo Ball because the whole construct of that team was designed to make up for Nick Vucevic's problems as an interior defender by defending at the point of attack better. So if you lack interior size, if you don't have a great rim protector, you can still have an elite defense by being a great perimeter contained team. The best example of this is the Los Angeles Clippers, a team that has never had a dominant interior uh, uh, presence during this Kawhi Leonard era. I like uh, Avika Zubac. He's just not that guy. He's a good defensive big, but he's not a shutdown defensive big, and he doesn't play enough minutes for it to matter. They just contain on the perimeter. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, you know Reggie Jackson, these guys, Nick Batum, these guys sit down in a stance, and they contain their man and make it difficult for them to get to the basket so the lack of a rim protector doesn't actually matter. That was what this Bulls team was supposed to be. Lonzo Ball is one of the best defensive guards in the league. Alex Caruso is one of the best defensive guards in the league. With the two of them on the floor, they can limit dribble penetration, defend pick and roll really well, and make things easier on Vucevic. And when the two of them were on the floor, they did that. They had a 102.2 defensive rating with those two on the floor only in 459 minutes, but that's a significant sample size where they were an excellent defensive team. 102.2 would be one of would be among the better defensive lineups in the league. That's the value of point of attack defense. But watch how it drops. Take just Lonzo out of the picture, their defensive rating goes from 102.2 to 115.1. Take Alex Crusoe and Lonzo Ball out of the picture, and it rises to 117. Point one. So they can't defend without both of those two guys on the floor. That's concerning because Lonzo Ball has had a lot of health issues over the years. And who knows if that's something that's going to be chronic or something that he can get over. The other big thing that holds them back on the defensive end of the floor is all three of their stars are not defensive-minded players. DeRozan and Levine are very good athletes, but they, they're, not, they're not staunch defensive players. Now, I wanted to get into this just for a minute because... There are a lot of good athletes in the league that don't translate to great defensive players. The best example of this was Andrew Wiggins early in his career. And now I think he's one of the better perimeter defenders in the entire game. And it's because he's learned the delicate balance of, of, of being physical on the defensive end without fouling. If you're a good athlete, you can be a good defensive player, but you won't be unless you're willing to get physical. And so many offensive-minded players... They shy away from contact on the defensive end of the floor for good reason. They have big offensive responsibilities. They don't want to waste energy getting into a physical melee 60 possessions a game on the defensive end of the floor. I get that. But that's the difference between the greats and the goods. The the great stars in the NBA, they are willing to devote resources in that direction. They're willing to be physically imposing defensive players. And as a result... They help their teams on that end, even though they have less energy for the offensive end, it helps the team in the aggregate. You know, Zach Levine's very thin, but he can be a little bit more physical than he's been. DeMar DeRozan is a good, strong athlete. 
he should be a much, much better defensive player than he is. The best example to kind of give you guys an idea is like, you drive to the basket at me. I can either slide with you, and then when you really start to get aggressive, just give ground and get into rotation, or I can choose to hold my ground, meaning maybe I stick my hand out there and hand check you a little bit. Sometimes that'll get called a foul. A lot of times it won't. When you hit my shoulder, maybe instead of giving ground with my shoulder, I hold my ground with my shoulder. Sometimes I'll get a foul call. Most of the time I won't. Being more willing to uh, to hold your ground on the perimeter will be so much... It, again, like, they're the 23rd ranked defense. Lonzo is coming back, but this team will never be as good as they need to be on the defensive end of the floor until DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine take defensive perimeter contain more seriously on the defensive end of the floor. And then Nick Vucevic, it's not really a technique thing. He's just bad. He's just completely overmatched physically at the position. He's not as big as the biggest bigs, and he's not as athletic as the most athletic bigs. So on a night-in, night-out basis, he's just completely overmatched physically. Andre Drummond, look, I covered him with the Lakers. I've covered him throughout the league uh, over the last few years. He's He has his moments defensively, but for the most part, he's not a guy you can count on in that regard. The only, you know, the interesting guy to watch uh, for Chicago's development is going to be Pat Williams. He's their only really physically imposing athletic defensive forward. Now, Giannis obliterated him in that first round playoff series, but he also was toying with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in in those matchups in the uh, conference semis. So I don't look too much into that. But he's the, he's the guy to watch looking forward. If he can put on a little bit more muscle and become the defensive player that he's capable of, that will go a long way to, towards helping them. But the bottom line is on the defensive end of the floor, with Nick Vucevic in your lineup, you cannot allow dribble penetration. If you do, they will score in the paint consistently. You have to be a team that embraces dribble contain. Getting Lonzo back will help that. But Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan have to embrace that to a certain extent. So quickly in summation, if I had to rip off their strengths and weaknesses, their strengths are they have a lot of guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot, so they could be a great drive and kick team. They have an excellent defensive backcourt. They're a good defensive rebounding team by percentage, and that should get even better with Lonzo Ball and Andre Drummond when they come back. Their weaknesses, their stars don't play any defense. They hunt inefficient shots. They shoot way too many mid-range jump shots for being a team that's not great at shooting mid-range jump shots. And their best lineup, So when they play Alex Caruso at the point guard, Vucevic at the center, and DeMar DeRozan, all three of those guys are iffy shooters for one reason or another. Caruso's percentages can be inconsistent. He's streaky. Vucevic is a willing shooter. He's guarded like a shooter, but he shot a really low percentage last year, only 31% from three. And then DeMar DeRozan just doesn't like to take them. So somebody in that group, whether it's Alex Caruso and Vucevic, I think that's the most realistic outcome. If Caruso and Vucevic can just shoot better from three, that'll go a long way towards helping them. All right, best case scenario. So, if DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine make slight alterations to their shot profile, hunt more off-the-dribble threes rather than off-the-dribble mid-range jump shots, um, and embrace driving and kicking rather than driving and pulling up in the mid-range so that they can start their drive and kick attack with all of their skilled perimeter players that they have. That should go a long way towards helping them on the offensive end of the floor. They need Lonzo Ball and Pat Williams to stay healthy. Pat Williams had an injury last year. Lonzo Ball has consistently been hurt. I hope that's not a, a consistent thing with him. 
Uh, Alex Caruso and Nikola Vucevic have better shooting seasons. Alex Caruso was 33% from three last year. Vucevic was 31%. They need to push a lot more in transition. That will actually play towards the strengths of their roster composition. They need to become a team that embraces containing the dribble drive so that they're less reliant on help with Nick Vucevic on the back line. They need Pat Williams to take a leap, particularly on the offensive end of the floor. I was watching a lot of footage of him this summer. He's got a lot of fluidity. Um, he could be a scoring wing if he continues to work at it. Him taking a leap would go a long way towards moving them from a non-contender to a if-things-go-right uh, type of contender. The other thing with Pat Williams that'll be interesting is by virtue of the roster construction with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine on the roster, he'll catch a lot of favorable matchups. He's going to get your third best perimeter defender on most nights. So if he could figure out some more stuff on the offensive end of the floor, he'd be a really, really interesting matchup there. Andre Drummond gives them more ability to hang with the massive front lines around the league, particularly a Giannis team or an Embiid team, or if they ever ran into uh, um, a, another big, huge front line that can expose their lack of size. Uh, but even with all of that, even if all of that breaks right, in my opinion, their, their absolute ceiling is a team that, if they stayed healthy, would hang around that five or six seed and upset one of the better East teams in the first round. But it, let, let's say, for instance, they get the five seed and the Sixers, you know, James Harden doesn't take the leap that I expect him to. And they fall back to the four seed. And I could see the Bulls having a really good season where they upset somebody like that. But then they would just lose to the Celtics or the Bucks or whoever the one seed was. So, like, at the end of the day, their absolute ceiling is a team that wins one playoff series. Their worst case scenario is that their shot profile stays the same. They continue to hunt mid-range shots and they have an average offense. And a defense that's nowhere near good enough to cover for it. Guys get hurt again. Alex Crusoe. Alonzo uh, um, uh, Ball, Pat Williams, injury issues cr uh, creep up again. Maybe Andre Drummond fixes their interior size issues, but disrupts their offensive flow. We talked earlier about how much their offense depends on Vucevic's shooting threat as a screener to open things up for Levine and DeRozan. That goes away with Andre Drummond. He's a little bit more of a lob threat, but he has bad hands. He doesn't catch the ball well. He's one of the worst rim finishing bigs that we have in the league. So I think that he could cause some problems on the offensive end of the floor. Um, and then all of a sudden you have another team that wins 45 games and loses in the first round, ugly, and has no realistic pathway towards improving the roster. That's the, that's the worst case scenario for this team. If you had to ask me which is more likely, I lean closer to the worst case scenario. And that's a big part of why they're down at 15. The biggest X factor for this team, the biggest swing factor, the thing that will lead to the largest uh, uh, differential between one outcome to the next is Lonzo Ball. When he's healthy, he's an immensely valuable role player. He's an excellent three-point shooter in every single way. Off the catch, coming off of screens, you know, uh, in spot-up situations, on the move, in transition. He's just a great three-point shooter, which is really impressive if you think about uh, what he looked like as a shooter coming into the league. He's also one of the better point-of-attack defenders in the league. He's disruptive. He's one of those aggressive, forward-facing defenders that tries to disrupt your handle and, and make you feel uncomfortable. He also plays passing lanes really well and forces a lot of turnovers. On the offensive end of the floor, uh, beyond shooting, he's a good playmaker in space. So he's great at starting fast breaks with outlet passes. When he's attacking closeouts, he makes reads really, really well. He's just not a guy who can create against a set defense. 
But all of that amounts to a really good role player who's struggled to stay healthy over the years. He even takes longer to recover, an abnormally long time to recover from injuries that he should come back from faster. It's like, oh, he sprained his ankle with the Lakers. He should be back in a month. No, 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 he's gone two months. You know, here's this knee injury. We expect him back in six months. Oh, here come, you know, or two two months or whatever it is. And then the report comes out like, oh, well, you know, things are healing slower than expected. We're going to reevaluate him in two months. Like that kind of thing comes out a lot which scares me in terms of whether or not this could be a degenerative health issue. Just, it is what it is. I don't know what the deal is. Some people just struggle more with this than others. I don't know the physiology behind it, but Lonzo might just be one of those guys. Um, And so as a result, there's a huge variation between what he might bring to the Bulls this year and what might happen if things go wrong. And that makes him a huge X factor because like we talked about earlier, 102 defensive rating with him on the floor with Lonzo and just taking him out of the picture bumps that defensive rating up to up to 115. So having him on the floor to help them be a better fast break team, to have them be a better um, defensive team would go a long way towards helping the Bulls reach their actual ceiling. All right, that's all I have for the Bulls. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with number 14. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support, and I'll see you tomorrow. State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Visit lisa.com forward slash hoops to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash h-o-o-p-s. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.